0: You're listening to Tom Fitton's weekly update here on JW TalkNet. Hi, everyone. Judicial Watch President Tom Fitton here with our weekly update here on social media. Thanks for joining us. A lot to talk about. We've got late-breaking news that the IG report on FISA-gate is complete. I'll talk about that. We don't know what's in it, obviously, but I'll talk about it. We have new major documents out of both the Justice Department and the State Department Uh, that confirm various aspects of the coup against President Trump, the illicit, seditious conspiracy targeting uh, the incoming president at the time and then uh, President Trump. You'll want to keep tuned for that. And plus, you know, was there another spy uh, or informant used uh, against President Trump? And was he working in Trump's organization itself? Uh, That... This is the basis of a new lawsuit of Judicial Watch. So a lot going on. Uh, First up is the news that the Inspector General, uh, Michael Horowitz, the Department of Justice's Inspector General, appointed by Barack Obama, has completed his report on the FISA warrants used to target the Trump team. Now, we do know the FISA warrants uh, were used to go after Carter Page, who was a vehicle to get at Trump. There were four warrants, so one initial warrant and three renewal applications, all of which were based on the dossiers and as, as do, uh, on the dossier paid for by the Democratic National Committee, the Clinton campaign, the FBI, yeah. Uh, the State Department worked on it too. So this was a collaborative effort uh, to target President Trump, and the dossier uh, was used in a fraudulent way on the court where they were telling the courts that it was verified, it wasn't verified. Uh, They didn't disclose to the court the full nature of the political bias behind it. They didn't disclose to the court the full nature of the problematic witness behind it. And they suggested it had more, uh, there was more evidence to back it up than actually was in the sense that they said, hell, we have this dossier, and we have reports, and we've got State Department information. Well, the published reports, were based on the dossier. The State Department information, based on the dossier or the same sources. So it was the dishonest Justice Department and the FBI under Barack Obama and then President Trump, uh, the uh, deep state active, uh, actors there, targeting President Trump with these unprecedented spy warrants, who were essentially telling the court, we've got this dossier, when in fact it was, as I say, a self-licking ice cream cone very circular, and when asked and and when they're talking about the sources, uh, they tell the court in so many words, well, we've got three sources, me, myself, and I, and they pretend that's three different sources. So uh, Judicial Watch has disclosed the Ritz Freedom of Information Act uh, lawsuits, uh, a part of the FISA application warrants, uh, the applications for the warrants that talk, that Show the dishonest use of this dossier. We have the document showing the FBI was also paying Christopher Steele, the alleged author of the dossier, in the, during the campaign. And then we have the, the of course they fired him. We have those documents too. Then we also have documents that Judicial Watch uncovered, showing that the FBI. Uh, improperly used, Bruce Orr, whose wife Nellie Orr worked at uh, the Justice Department, to launder more information and communicate still with Christopher Steele and uh, the Clinton spy ring at Fusion GPS. Uh, in fact, Nellie Orr essentially had a desk at the Justice Department, given all the email traffic and all the dossier-type anti-Trump garbage she was laundering into the Trump up op- uh, into the Justice Department and the FBI that justify the spying and illegal targeting of President Trump. So is the FISA report gonna cover all that? I suspect it will. All the reports are indicating that it's gonna be very critical. And the big question is are, are there going to be referrals for criminal prosecution? And if any referrals are out there, will they pursue, be pursued by the Justice Department? So what can we expect? Well, the Justice Department was um, asked the prosecute or referred for, uh, James Comey was referred for prosecution for uh, his criminal activity alleged uh, with uh, respect to the handling of the Trump memos that he leaked, some of which were classified that he had properly maintained at his house. Justice Department gave him a pass on that. Andrew McCabe was uh, referred to uh, ju- the Justice Department, Andrew McCabe, was the number two under James Comey, acting FBI director for a time. He was referred back in April for a criminal prosecution because he lied repeatedly, both under oath and not under oath, that, uh, which is illegal if you're telling, t- telling FBI officials or investigators um, false information whether you're sworn or unsworn that because um, he, he was lying about his involvement in leaks about uh, the non-investigation of the Clinton Foundation. Now that happened 18 months ago and he still hasn't been prosecuted. The news is this week that McCabe's lawyers were unable to convince senior levels of the Justice Department to stop a prosecution from going forward and that the U.S. Attorney for the District of Columbia uh, does support a prosecution going forward so, so- you know, presumably one will go forward, but we'll see. We will see. So, if any uh, prosecutions come out of this FISA Gate report, uh, it would be a pleasant surprise. Uh, but you can trust that Judicial Watch will continue to push for the information because nothing will be done unless all the information is out there. And it's interesting because when it came to the Comey report, uh, or uh, I suspect a lot of the FISA report, uh, there's. It's going to be repetitive in the sense that a lot of the information is already out there for prosecutors to pursue or not pursue uh, already, thanks to Judicial Watch. A little bit of work from Congress, but thanks mostly to Judicial Watch. So the fact that nothing's happened thus far doesn't augur well for prosecutions in the future. Now, remember, this is the worst criminal conspiracy, at least at the government level, in American history the targeting of the Trump campaign, President uh, candidate Trump, President-elect Trump, and then uh, uh, President Trump himself. Criminal seditious conspiracy, coup, call it what you will, been nothing like it in, in American history. And uh, I'm concerned, as they did with Comey, that they're going to limit and uh, narrowly describe the alleged crimes and then figure out a way and justify an excuse not to prosecute them. That's that's what I'm worried about. So we'll see what happens. Uh, you can trust Judicial Watch in the meantime to continue to get the information out there uh, that uh, is essential if we're going to hold the government accountable because we don't know what to hold the government accountable about unless we have access to the information about what it's really been up to. And uh, to that end, we've received uh, two major Groups of documents this week, uh, or within the last few weeks. Uh, The first group is from the State Department. And the State Department uh, headline, I'll give you the headline from our release. Judicial Watch, new State Department documents reveal last-minute efforts by Obama State Department to undermine President Trump. So the documents show that the State Department, and we have other documents showing this activity had been taking place, but the detail here is extraordinary, that the State Department under Barack Obama and John Kerry, so after President Trump was elected and before he was inaugurated, was desperate to get information out to its friendly allies in the Senate, some of, one of whom was a Republican, I think he's a former senator now, Bob Corker, Corker. Uh, but you know, no, no fan of Donald Trump. Uh, but uh, Senator Warner, the Democrat from Virginia, who is, was the incoming chair of the Intelligence Committee, and they were shoveling this information out in a desperate way before the inauguration, including classified information. Many of those who were pushing this information out were, surprise, surprise, Clinton donors. In January 2017 email, January 13th, remember the inauguration I think it was on January 20th, suggests that the intelligence community was providing raw intel to Senator Warner. And of course such an exchange would have been almost, would have had to have been approved uh, by the Office of Director of National Intelligence who was run by the unethical James Clapper. And certainly enough, uh, the documents say, yes, that is correct. Warner, raw, raw intel stuff is going through IC channels. So they were pushing it out through the Office of Director of National Intelligence to uh, Senator Warner just a few days before the inauguration. The documents show early in the process of gathering and clearing classified information uh, that uh, they bring, uh, this, uh, they bring um, a senior advisor and investigations counsel into the loop on January 5th, 2017, in which he says Shram would help, quote, figure out the best way to get these to the hill. The woman who brought this person in was a donor to Clinton, gave $2,700 to the campaign. So she's managing this process in early January to get this dirt, and it really wasn't dirt because there was nothing tying Trump to Russia, uh, to um, uh, the uh, Senator Warner and his colleagues in the Senate who were hostile to President Trump. The uh, If we're not going through our standard CDP, collection due process process, others in H need to weigh in on how to move these to the Hill. That was sent on January 11, 2017. They're not going through their standard process. So they were bypassing and trying to short-circuit the rules governing the handling classified information. They just can't share classified information will in with the Senate. In fact, the fact that information is classified is often a reason to either not share it or delay the sharing of classified information with the legislative branch. In emails written on January 10th and 11th, 2017, Uh, One of the officials recommends that uh, expresses the need to get the documents cleared, quote, as soon as possible. ASAP, January 17th, three days before Trump's inauguration. Cavillac, who has been involved in, uh, uh, is up to her neck in uh, pushing out this anti-Trump dossier information, despite knowing that Steele was no good emails her colleagues, emphasizing that getting the documents to Cardin and Warner, Ben Cardin, also a senator, is a priority and urges the process to be sped up. Agree this is a priority. I don't see why lengthy reviews are required. I would suggest we send up the things that can go immediately. If there's any concern about specific internal information, documents, those can be adjudicated separately and sent up as a follow on. So they were just trying to get anything they could out the door. This is three days before the inauguration. Another email. There's a time sensitivity to these documents. Two days before the inauguration. ODNI is quote, fine with the State Department sharing cables with the Hill. Three days before the inauguration. Is there anything we can do to better facilitate this process? The clock is ticking. They talk about getting a package out the door by January 19th, the day before the inauguration. These documents show the Obama State Department staffed by Clinton donors improperly and perhaps illegally shoveled classified information to their allies in the Senate with the hopes of undermining Donald Trump. This information is coming out thanks to Judicial Watch suing because we couldn't get the records. And we began asking for these records in February 2018, and we're now only getting them. Look, if the classified information had a need to go up to the Hill, there was no need to bypass the rules, short-circuit the process, and accelerate it. And the inauguration of President Trump wouldn't matter. But they wanted to make... Uh, president trump's life miserable as i said a criminal seditious conspiracy so they were sending this information out with the hopes it's clear that their friendly partisans on the hill would use it against him so when i talk about Pfizer gate being only one element of the criminal conspiracy this is the other element which is the abuse of authorities and the various agencies to Uh, well, improperly leak classified information, that's a whole other category, but share it improperly with others. That's not legal either. And Judicial Watch has strong evidence that it happened. You know, we had documents showing this was going on previously released to us. And this is the the worst quote, my favorite quote. I don't mean favorite in a good way. Uh, January 19th email sums it up. We made the deadline. Thank you for thank you everyone for what was truly a department wide effort. What was the deadline? President Trump's inauguration. So after he was elected and up till the minute he was inaugurated, the State Department was desperately trying to send up information to uh, its allies in the Hill, Democrat mostly, to try to undermine him. Unbelievable abuses of power, and it shows you that the Justice Department and the FBI are only one aspect of the criminal or or only uh, one or two agencies of many agencies that need a serious investigation. Is there a state IG investigation into this? I don't think so. I don't think so. And, of course, it obviously wasn't the state. Uh, The State Department was one element of it. The other element of it, uh, of the coup against President Trump, and this one is really explicit a coup in my view is over at the Justice Department. And there were these infamous meetings right after Comey was fired between Andrew McCabe, who may be indicted, and Rod Rosenstein, who was the uh, acting attorney general for purposes of the Russia investigation because General, uh, General Sessions had wrongly recused himself. And there were meetings where there was a discussion of wearing a wire to record the president of the United States in the Oval Office improperly invoking the 25th Amendment to try to overthrow him, and of course appointing a special counsel. And Judicial Watch asked for documents describing this coup effort um, from the Justice Department. Needless to say, we were stalled. So we sued in court, and we've gotten emails that confirm uh, they that the coup effort took place and show the Justice Department's dishonesty in handling media inquiries about it. In fact... Rod Rosenstein wrote a colleague who had gotten a call from a reporter following up on the initial report about uh, this whole wire episode. Um, Thanks, hopefully we're being successful and the reporters are having difficulty finding anybody to comment about things. So you know what's interesting to me? They leaked out, someone leaked, that there was this discussion of the 25th Amendment, uh, removing the president from office, uh, wearing a wire on the president. And it wasn't leaked out to say horror, this is terrible. No, it was leaked out to suggest there was a valid reason to wear a wire on the president. There was a valid reason to remove him from office. So the Justice Department was leaking out these discussions, these coup discussions, to further undermine and destabilize our our constitutional republic. And rather than take ownership of what happened, the Justice Department, and I suspect some of these people were involved in the leaks, started crafting as, uh, um, dis- non-denial denials about what took place. They say that, um, this is what I love. We sent a response from the DAG that's below and had, and had, and had t- someone in the room dispute the wire part, noting that the DAG was being sarcastic. What does that mean? Had someone in the room dispute it saying the DIG was being sarcastic. We don't know who that someone is. And frankly, the way that's worded suggests it wasn't true. It was a cover story. Now, the argument that Rosenstein's people have made secretly, you know, uh, anonymously through the media and through the Justice Department using your tax dollars is that Rosenstein was being sarcastic. Now, those who were in the room with him don't think he was being sarcastic when he was talking about wearing a wire. But the other thing they talked about was invoking the 25th Amendment. And Rosenstein's draft and actual statement is interesting because the draft statement was categorical. I want to read this carefully here. This is what his statement was in the, fi- in the final. The New York Times story is accurate and factually incorrect. I will not further comment on a story based on anonymous sources who, is obviously, who are obviously biased against the Department and are advancing their own personal agenda. But let me keep, be clear on the, about this. Based on my personal dealings with the president, there is no basis to invoke the 25th Amendment. So uh, all of that doesn't deny anything, really, does it? But personal dealings with the president. Well, we found the original draft of what Rosenstein was going to say, and it said originally, based on my dealings with the president, which was more categorical. So the edited version became personal dealings with the president, less than categorical. So when you look at all of these emails that, um, again, Judicial Watch had to uncover, not Congress, not the, uh, the Justice Department voluntarily, certainly not the media, that you have these DOJ documents confirming that the coup discussions did take place, that there was a dishonest effort to try to mitigate the uh, DOJ's involvement in them. And uh, where's Congress on this? Where's law enforcement on this? There's, you know, for all the noise you're hearing, I don't hear anything about investigations by the attorney general and by his uh, U.S. attorney in Connecticut. Are they investigating this coup? I don't think so. I hope so, but I haven't seen any indication that there's anything serious going on in that regard. You know, in the meantime, you have Congress, the Congress of the United States, the House of Representatives, outrageously, reprehensibly, and irresponsibly banding around the impeachment word without actually pursuing an impeachment inquiry uh, under their own rules to try to continue to harass the president. We've got documents showing that the State Department was working with both the House and the Senate to try to destroy the president. We have documents that show the Democratic Party, Democratic National Committee. There, they were funding the dossier against President Trump. They were working directly with the FBI, their lawyers, to try to destroy Trump. And they dare suggest that there's an impeachment worth pursuing against the president of the United States. They ought to be uncovering the government conspiracy against him rather than furthering it. Whenever you hear the word impeachment, I want you to substitute another word, coup, because an impeachment that has no valid basis, that's being pursued in good, that's being pursued in bad faith, is an attack on our constitutional republic. And I suggested on Lou Dobbs that Mitch McConnell and the leadership of the, of the Senate should say, we're not doing an impeachment trial, so don't start playing games over there in the House because it's not going anywhere. If there was a valid impeachment effort, you would all know what President Trump was going to be impeached over because it would be well readily apparent. Here you have the House just flailing around, sending around 100 subpoenas, harassing Trump world with redundant investigations because they're not sure what he can be impeached over. That's a complete abuse. When President Trump was impeached, it was pretty clear why he was going to be impeached because it was evident everyone saw him lie to a grand jury. The impeachment effort against Nixon, it was readily apparent why Nixon was going to be uh, targeted. This is just further harassment, and it's the next phase of the coup. And the other thing the president should highlight, in my view, and certainly Judicial Watch, we've testified, I've testified personally to the um, Congress, is where's the oversight of Congress on this? We talk about investigating investigators. Congress was involved— Members of Congress are implicated in this. People like Adam Schiff, Steny Hoyer, we found the documents showing that Steny Hoyer was in communication, his people, was in communication with the State Department about this Russiagate smear. Senator Warner, where's the investigation of their involvement? The Freedom of Information, I tell you, we'd love to file Freedom of Information Act against Congress, request against Congress. But it's not covered by the law. Congress has exempted itself from the law. The FOIA they passed only applies to the executive branch, not to Congress. So if I were the president, I would be pushing for oversight over Congress in response to this, because they're part of the coup cabal as well. How do we know? Because of Judicial Watch. So, you know, everyone thinks this constitutional crisis has passed. It has not. The assault on our constitutional republic continues with this presidential harassment, this impeachment harassment out of the House. And we'll see whether the Justice Department's willing to do anything in response to the new FISA report that's going to be coming out soon. And Judicial Watch ain't stopping. Uh, We have a new lawsuit. Against the who are you suing in this case? Now you'd think I know, but you know these issues get technical sometimes because to bore you with some detail, the FBI is part of the Justice Department, right? So it's you're suing over FBI documents, but you're literally suing the Justice Department. So I always have to check to see what we're suing about to make sure that it's either a Justice Department-oriented Freedom of Information Act request or an FBI-oriented Freedom of Information Act request. So there's, just, there's this gentleman called, uh, his name is Felix Sater. And Sater began, quote, working with the Federal Bureau of Investigation in 1998 after he was caught in a stock fraud scheme. Andrew Weissman, who was a supervising assistant U.S. attorney at the time, entered into an agreement with Sater in 2009 in an effort to get him a lighter sentence because of his cooperation. And just recently, this was all confirmed by the release of the court documents in this regard. Felix Sater was an FBI and CIA informant. He also worked for the Trump Organization. Why is this important? He was the one, according the reports, pushing the uh, real estate deal that the Trump Organization was not really pursuing other than through Sater and Michael Cohen, who Sater was uh, pushing to pursue it too, in Russia. So when you hear that Trump was pursuing a Russia and real estate deal in 2016 during the election, well, uh, Felix Sater was pursuing it and he was an FBI, CIA informant. Doesn't that raise the question as to whether that was further entrapment of the Trump team? Certainly raises it with me. The media has made much of the fact that there was this idea bandied about in the Trump organization about offering Putin an apartment in the a proposed Trump Moscow project. Guess whose idea that was? Wasn't pursued? Felix Sater. Guess whose idea it was to push for a meeting between Trump and Putin? It wasn't pursued, but it was Felix Sater the CIA-FBI informant. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting? And Mueller uses Seder repeatedly in his report, 100, 100 plus times mentioned. Doesn't mention that he was an informant, another material omission by the unethical Mr. Mueller. Now, Sater had been around Trump world for a long time, so he was probably informing on Trump forever. You know, and I tell you what, everyone says Trump is this, Trump is that. If President Trump had done anything illegal, it would have been pursued by now. Because he had an FBI informant working in his offices. You had the Mueller investigation with unlimited resources, hundreds of witnesses trying to bring him down. And there's been nothing, been absolute nothing. And I'm tired of the smearing of President Trump by dishonest government officials, some of whom are current, most of whom are former, from Obama, the Obama-Clinton gang behind the illegal targeting of him. And there's all to justify their illegal activity. He was a bad guy, and he was up to no good, and we were right to go after him. There's never any good faith basis to do any of that. And it was all to justify their illegal activity. I tell you what, if, if, this, if these coup plotters aren't pursued criminally, uh, then the United States is going to be an international laughing stock. We had this quite obvious abuse of power by government officials to overthrow our duly elected president and no one's going to go to jail over it or even be prosecuted over it or even worse, not seriously criminally investigated over it. I hope that's never the case or that doesn't turn out to be the case. So it's Judicial Watch asking for information from the FBI about what Seder was telling them. No secret he's an informant, so we want the details. But isn't that interesting that it's Judicial Watch telling you these connections between Sater and Trump? And I guarantee you, you haven't heard the uh, theory of the case that, holy moly, you mean the FBI informant was the one suggesting that Trump pursue the Russia deal and it was the only reason it was going forward? And it really wasn't going forward other than Sater's activity. Incredible. Boy, they were spying on Trump, in my view, six ways to Sunday, every which way they could. You had Comey spying on Trump. Writing his memos to try to incriminate him. Unbelievable. So I'm looking forward to the IG report coming out. Judicial Watch has been front and center in putting pressure on the Justice Department and I guarantee you the IG to get to the bottom of this because they know Judicial Watch has already has these documents out showing impropriety. The IG is necessarily going to have to follow our lead. And we'll continue to pursue the almost 50 lawsuits, well over 50 lawsuits we have on the deep state corruption scandal targeting President Trump and our constitutional republic. So I want to thank you for tuning in tonight. It's been a big week. And uh, more is coming, more is coming on making sure those responsible for this assault on our constitutional republic are held pers- personally accountable under the law. Thank you very much, and I'll see you next time. You have just listened to Tom Fitton's weekly update on JW TalkNet. Remember to subscribe and donate at judicialwatch.org donate.